0: You are now entering armbar audio hello this is another episode of armbar audio i am your host tim farley and across the screen from me is my brown brother
1: sit so, what's happening everybody i was a little thrown off when you said another episode of armbar audio i didn't, I didn't hear the welcome to but i got a little but that's
0: okay I think I said
1: it. You said this is another episode of R and Bar Audio, but it's a, it's cool. It's no yeah.
0: Reason. I didn't say welcome to. I was. <laughs> I'm off my game. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks. So
1: yeah. Fun. Yeah. Usually, the only reason we don't do it every week is because one day I don't feel like it. The other week he doesn't feel like it. So we're just like, whatever. So. Yeah.
0: Basically. Yeah. I mean, like I've said in previous podcasts y'all ain't paying us
1: yeah I know should uh, appeal to YouTube now just tell us hey, where's our where's our freaking royalty checks jeez it's not even speaking of royalty speaking of royalty we had a really interesting uh, show called Royal Quest from uh, the latest offering from new Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest 3 in collaboration with Rev Pro am I correct?
0: yes yes so, yeah. it uh took place at the copper box and uh we had chris charlton and gideon gray on commentary and uh yep Sid, you really liked that commentary thing, i did
1: yeah i did it uh they made the show like so much more fun uh don't get me wrong like there wasn't like a there wasn't a single bad match on the show but like just the Just uh, you know, Gideon and Chris's interaction throughout each match just made it that much more entertaining. Especially when the United Empire guys came in because you know we all know Gideon is a is like the manager for United Empire, so (laughs) he was. It was just good to see him like, you know, you know, really like ham them up. It was it was funny. But here's the thing: we see so many of these like heel announcers do it, heel commentators do it, and sometimes I get annoyed. I wasn't annoyed by Gideon, like for example. I'm I'm sorry you know to take this. Yeah,
0: you know what's funny? I had similar thoughts when I was watching it as well. Um, so the heel commentator to me, like when when I remember it first starting, was Bobby Heenan. When Bobby Heenan transitioned from manager to commentator, he he was a heel. Yeah, uh, he was a funny heel, and then you know they perpetrated. It with Jerry the King Lawler and so on and so forth, blah 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 blah. But no one aside from Bobby has really made me like laugh and be entertained. It's more like they ran the heel commentator stick into the ground and it's yeah. just like there. But like, with Gideon, I was feeling I was feeling entertained again. I was feeling like um uh, like, he wasn't so harsh to the point where it was annoying, but he was harsh enough to where what he was saying was hilarious. Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, like, I, I mean, you were talking about heel commentators that ran that shtick to the ground. Like, for example, 2012 Michael Cole, when, well, 2011, 2012 Michael Cole, my God. God. My God. That was. That was...
0: shit with The Miz and Daniel Bryan was awful
1: yeah God awful, yeah and then the whole like anonymous general manager thing which turned out to be the the freaking leprechaun so as as you know i saw another video who said it, he's like yeah the general manager turned out to be the freaking leprechaun hornswoggle so yeah and that was that was stupid i also the at this part p- of that yeah. whole
0: stick was whenever edge speared the fuck out of the anonymous gm uh podium <laughs> slash laptop that was <laughs> he speared it and then like, he broke the shit it's one of
1: those like it was so stupid it was funny kind of uh uh instances but i also remember, i also would say someone like Corey graves like he's annoying to me like because all he literally all he I'm does is the only one. okay good i'm glad no because like literally especially when the miz comes on he like does not stop freaking jerking off the miz you know Verbally. Yeah. Not not actually, but verbally jerking the Miz off, you know. Who I knows mean,
0: what these people do behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> So speaking of fun, not only were the commentators fun, but we saw this at um WWE's show in what show did they have there in the recent past? In the UK? Uh yeah. Uh, it wasn't backlash but it was the one after i think fast no 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 but either way hold on it was really it was really cool to see the uk crowd in a smaller environment again um just uh their enthusiasm and their vocalness is something i've missed because before the pandemic, we had uh, Rev Pro, Progress, Bike Club Pro, and a bunch of other smaller promotions. And the crowds oh. really made that show. Money in, shows.
1: Money in the Bank. That's what was... The, this year, Money in the Bank was in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we heard it at Money in the Bank. Wembley was a little too big. uh, to hear it for AEW but the the crowds in the UK I love they are and then the pandemic hit and then Triple H took that as I'm going to pillage uh the UK indie scene and luckily RevPro didn't give in. Um so with uh with talking about the commentary and the crowd let us liked about World Quest 3 um, I would say this show had good to great matches and one fantastic match um, I felt that Suji and Luke Jacobs was an appetizer for Tomohiro Ishii against Shingo Takagi like in a few years Suji versus Jacobs will be just like Ishii versus Shingo with some minor changes. Of, yeah, course. of course. But, but like it was those two matches were like the hard hitting bouts. Mm-hmm. Um, this was my first time seeing Luke Jacobs and I was really impressed. Um, I did kind of cringe a little whenever he kept insisting on headbutting Yoda Suji because even though It looks like hard as fuck. It's all, it also like reminds me of Shibata. You know, every time I see somebody take like a really good looking headbutt, I'm never going to forget what happened to Shibata. Um, Ishii and Shingo was a very good match as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ishii and uh, Shingo were basically facing off to eventually face Tama Tonga. Shingo won, and uh, Tama Tonga came out and said uh, that it's going to happen in Las Vegas on the 28th, right? Yeah, 28th. I think so. Yeah. Uh, So that was cool. Uh, Sid, what did you like from this show?
1: Well, uh, first things first, I would say, like, you know, we were talking about the UK crowds, I think, like you said, in, when uh, All In, as amazing as that show was and as tremendous as that crowd was and as, as local as it was, you can't really hear it as much as you can in like a more intimate setting, like the Copper Box Arena. Right. This was a lot more of an intimate right. setting, and, and you could really hear the the, the freaking uh, UK crowd just go off. I mean, like at one Plus, point...
0: Wembley Wembley's a stadium, yeah. so the sound goes up. And two, Wembley wasn't filled with just UK residents. Correct. They're, correct. I remember RJ City on the pre show was like, and where are you from? And they're like, Phoenix, Arizona. And he's like, of course you're from Arizona. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah. So, like, you can hear that, like, the same people singing songs throughout the show, which is amazing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, First of all, I'd say there's a, there's a lot of tag matches in this show, uh, especially to, towards the latter half of the pay per view. But names uh, on. The- Sorry.
0: I had to get names on the card. Plus, they're they are yeah. doing the Super Junior Tag League right now. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. going on, and that's why they had the. Uh, the Little War Dogs against... Uh, who did they face? The War Dogs. Maloney and Connors. I did like...
1: Uh, which one was it? Oh, yeah, no. They faced... No, that was the United Empire. Oh, geez. Yeah, War Dogs. They faced um, Cameron Kai and Leon Slater.
0: Right, yes. Uh, I liked that match a that lot. That was a good one. Um, it showed it showed the cohesiveness that uh yep. Maloney and Connors have uh established in a short period of time and i've seen Leon Slater a little bit in GCW shows uh and i i think there's a big upside to him mm-hmm. um let's see um
1: i liked uh
0: yeah i was about Desquanto. to mention that
1: that was a good match go ahead I was gonna say, uh, Narita and Red Narita and Shooter versus the uh, Francesco Akira and Great Ocon was a really good match. That was I, I loved yeah. that. Um, Shooter's really coming into his own. I loved how he came in through the crowd like Moxley. So you know, it's that that yeah. was that was fun. Uh, uh, he
0: does that every time.
1: Okay, so see, that's how much I watch. And he pain. carries
0: the he carries the original death rider jacket every time too like that's awesome he is forever uh he is forever connected to john moxley as we will talk about when we near the end of this conversation yeah part of the conversation yeah he's Um, like
1: he's like an honorary bcc member at this point um yeah
0: shingo yeah speaking of uh narita and shooter uh, they were facing a ragtag team of United Empire. Uh, Akira's usual tag team partner is TJP, uh, and ocon's usual partner is Jeff Cobb. Um, Narita, Shooter, and Yoda Suji have been dubbed the new three Musketeers. And in the G1, uh, most of them drew against each other, and they just got out of a best of seven trios series where it was narita desperado and suzuki against yuji nagata shooter and wato and it built respect into and they are but it seems like um they they're more like respectable rivals yeah Whereas Yoda Suji is the loudmouth cocky guy. Um it's interesting to me. Uh what were you gonna say? I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just saying, yeah, I I, I did I was just accentuating what you were saying. Um well other matches I did like I did like the sixth man uh with uh, United Empire versus uh Eddie Kingston, Tanahashi, and Michael Oku. Um, my I first time. I won a lot. Yeah, looked up first time seeing Michael Oku, and that dude is tremendous. He's oh yeah. I, I you know I don't want to make the comparison, but he remind he's like he feels like almost feels like a British Leon Ruffin in a way. Uh, I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe it's just because they both are high flyers, but uh, I think
0: I think he's better. you um, think so. Yeah. Michael Michael Oku, uh, he's he's awesome. I like when I watched, I've seen him in Rev Pro before. I watched his match against Osprey. I watched whenever he was younger and he was with, he was kind of aligned with a guy that we don't talk about anymore. (laughs) No, um, he's recently made his way stateside a few times, wrestling for PWG and I think WrestleCon's. Um, it's a matter of time oh, before nice. Michael Wu breaks out um, I in that match, I really enjoyed how they built up uh, the Kingston and Hanari feud throughout this show and this is one of the things I love about New Japan, okay um, So we know that New Japan is very tournament based. Yeah. So many things that were happening in the show and what they were building on off of were things that have, that had happened in the G one like Shingo and Ishii going for Tomatonga. All of that had to do with what happened in the G one, the Eddie and Hanare has to do with what happened in the G one. Speaking of that will also take place in Las Vegas uh, next weekend. But, I would like to say, before we get off of that match, did you hear the crowd for Eddie Kingston?
1: Yeah, dude. They fucking... They love him. Love him. They love him. They
0: cheered for him over Tanahashi. And Tanahashi was, like, clapping for him. Like, yes, good.
1: I did love Tanahashi doing the air guitar and then giving the air guitar to Michael Oku. And then...
0: Um, jeff cobb
1: yeah (laughs) and then jeff cobb played it gave it back and then he gave the guitar to michael oku who gave it to amara to hold which was funny so a lot of cool stuff in this
0: oh oh you're talking about that i was thinking about whenever jeff cobb had uh i think he had Tanahashi.
1: oh yeah he was or, that, that was,
0: or, or uh, he had somebody else, and he was doing it. No, he had Tanahashi, um, and he was doing the
1: was do, doing the guitar on his ribs to make him make it more painful for for him. So
0: we saw the in ring re debut of Taiji Shimori, who uh, came back at Destruction and let Hiromu know that he was coming for the junior title. Uh, he yeah. faced against Robbie X, who I had never seen before. I thought it was a very good match. Yeah. Um, that was actually the first Trent match. Trent Seven and Desperado was very entertaining, entertaining yeah. to me. Of course, Suji uh, and uh, Luke uh, Jacobs
1: was good. Um, absolutely. Yeah. War Dogs versus uh, Cameron, Kyle, Leon Slater was good. Well, okay, I gotta say one thing though, and maybe this is just because I don't watch New Japan as frequently, but I feel like because the War Dogs, like they're kind of feels like they're kind of going back to og bullet club with like more of the gaijin members doing doing the yeah so
0: is the only thing that i like about finley's era of bullet club
1: okay so that's what i was wondering why why are people shitting on war dogs so much though
0: some people do we know a very vocal person on twitter who does so it makes it seem like everyone hates them but not everyone hates them okay um actually the group that they have has uh, have assembled is great uh gabe kid's great alex Coglin's great um clark connor's connor's great people are iffy on david finley because ever since he took out jay white he's been acting and talking a lot like jay white so some people think that yeah you know I'd rather have original Finley. I would rather have Finley being himself. Yeah. Um, but yes, the the good part of War Dogs is, and I guess the name came because House of Evil still exists within Bullet Club, but War Dogs are Bullet Club. Um, like Maine. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, they're definitely taking it back to... The, of being very very heelish like all the time uh, being chaotic and being foreign <laughs> yeah the only non-foreign me- members excuse me in Bullet Club Maine right now are Kent are Kenta and Taiji Shinori.
1: okay so Gato's gone
0: uh no Gato's Gato's still running the show but
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, what the hell? That was weird. There was a little thumbs up on my. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck that was? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But whatever. So, okay. And then, um, of course, uh, L.I.J., Bushi and Naito versus the Just Five Guys, Doki and uh, Sonata. I think I did like the match, but I loved uh, Gideon shitting on uh, uh, Naito's Naito's hair.
0: and his and his straw hair,
1: yeah. That yeah, that was that was it. the fun part. Yeah, that and was... whenever
0: he was taking off his pants, all slow, and he was like, "Just take off your pants, like a I don't know some British word that's an insult." Yeah, I, I you know what I mean. He yeah. was saying some stuff I had never heard before. Um, yeah, and then but uh, and
1: that's why I asked you though, because like, he kept saying, you know, oh, I'm glad Naito's starting his retirement tour, and I was like. Is Naito retiring? You know.
0: Yeah, no. Um, But I imagine he would, he will eventually take a lesser schedule, Um, but probably not in the next two years. Because I I wanted to ask you,
1: um,
0: as a non, diehard New Japan fan. When you watched Naito versus Sonata, and you see Sonata now uh, as he's presented, as he is the champion, and he is going to face Naito at Wrestle Kingdom, who do you think should win that match?
1: I think Sonata should retain, in my opinion, just because I think he had after he had you know left Lij and. You know, changed his look and changed up his kind of demeanor. Um, he started our. He started to kind of get more. His career has become a lot more profitable. I mean, i.e., he's the IWGP Heavyweight Champion of the world, and I think uh, yeah. we need to let him. I think they need to let it let him have a better, a, a title reign that's kind of lengthy. I mean, Naito, he's had the title before. He's done his thing, and it was his time. And no, when it was Naito versus Okada, I think it was a couple of Wrestle Kingdoms ago, um, he beat Okada, and that was great. But now it's it's Sonata's turn, you know. Let him let him have so, his some,
0: or let him cook, as feel, the kids say. <laughs> a lot of people feel that Naito should win because he never got the. Like the just do, the respect, etc And I You know, I agree And uh, But And a lot of people find Sonata Not as marketable As Naito Because LIJ Aside from Bullet Club LIJ is probably the biggest Faction To break out Mm -hmm. Of Japan Right I I think that but when I've watched um the G one and I watched some of the destruction shows, yeah the Japanese fans love Sonata. And Sonata looks like a million dollars. And I like his group, Sans Takamichinoku. Okay. I like Naito's group, Sans Bushi. I don't really like Bushi. Okay. But um While I see what you're saying, I don't know who I'm going to be rooting for there. But I really wanted to say, like, Sonata... uh, We see a lot of opinions of people outside of Japan, right? Talk about these people. But I've seen on my screen Japan loving Sonata. Um, But that's really what my point was there. Um, yeah, so the main event, I said that this show had great to good matches and one fantastic match, Mm -hmm. and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay delivered, over-delivered, I mean, Mm -hmm. holy shit, they started off slow, they started technical, they beat the shit out of each other, they pulled all the moves out of their playbooks, they, there was even, like, counters to counters to counters, and it was just a phenomenal wrestling match and the lore behind the match not just not just the tv champion going after the uk title but yeah. uh zack sabre junior who was the face of british pro wrestling who watched will osprey break in as an asshole kid <laughs> and grow up and mature into a respectable adult yep who who over the time period where Triple H was pillaging the UK scene stood up wrestling and uh, pretty much, you know, his whole thing has been uh, United United Empire and the United Kingdom. And he took that IWGP US Championship belt and he replaced it with a UK belt. Yeah. The guy and at the end of the match after the match we were wondering what was going to happen and there was no shake saber kissed him on his forehead and left and yep. it was a beautiful moment because it was like a passing of the torch like yep, yes you are as good as everyone says they are says you are mm-hmm. you have finally surpassed me and you have you have matured into a person who I can let this part of me go. And I just that was fantastic. Yeah. People who don't watch New Japan think that they don't have storylines and think that it's just, you know, uh tournament-based wrestling, just wrestling and it's not. There's storylines that come from the wrestling. Yeah. There's there's storylines yeah, you know what I mean, and yeah, yeah, uh, I see that. Built, it's built a lot about on pride and tradition, and this was no different. Um, but uh, Osprey won, and yeah. after a while, he said he wanted a challenger, and what happens?
1: And Shoto Umino came out with a microphone. He was in street clothes. He came out and. Uh, basically challenged will osprey but he did it in a very entertaining way uh we were talking about john moxley a little bit so uh if you want to uh talk about what he said we yeah, can
0: so should have wanted a shot and osprey was like i already beat you three times or twice do you want to make it a third like you're fourth, your mind. fourth. and then fourth yeah and O'Con came in the ring yeah, and yeah. talked to Osprey, and Osprey said, "If you can get John Moxley to wrestle the Great O'Con uh, for Power Struggle, I will give you your match." And somebody kept Osprey kept talking, and Shota went up to him with his finger in his to his mouth and said, "Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker." <laughs> Which is an old song from South Park. And then Osprey laughed and said, Who the fuck taught you shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker? And he said, John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> and that was hilarious. That was fun. And, uh, and so for, for the uh, pay-per-view in November uh, for Power Struggle, we're going to get Ocon versus Moxley, and we are going to get uh, Shoda against Osprey, and, and he said, "I'm not only challenging you yeah. for the UK belt, but I want you to bring that US belt as well."
1: Bring both, yeah. He said that. That should be interesting. So if Shoda wins, that means he's probably going to unify the two belts, and we'll have one undisputed. I don't know. I don't. That will be weird. UK and United States championship. Yeah, I don't That's know. gonna who be knows weird. what will happen. Just make sure you keep the. Just make sure you keep.
0: What if he calls it Japanese title? What if he takes off and he's just like, "Fuck America, fuck the UK. I'm Japanese. I'm putting this IWGP
1: Japanese champion. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah, and but make sure you.
0: Isn't that what he referred to himself as?
1: Yeah, no sexy Japanese bitch. No, Will Osprey was like, "Is there any sexy Japanese bitch out there that wants to challenge me?" And Shota comes out and says i am sexy japanese bitch (laughs) That was great and we're gonna get canceled because we talked in japanese accents but it's okay anyways um fuck them yeah fuck them anyway yeah that was
0: funny (laughs) uh what would you grade royal quest three
1: um okay i'm sorry are we doing letter grades or are we doing the number grades
0: Letter, letter is a grade. Okay,
1: A, right? I'm giving it an A. A,
0: yep. I I agree. Solid A.
1: Yep. Solid A. Fucking A.
0: Uh,
1: what? Fucking A.
0: Fucking A. <laughs> All right. So uh, A W. Um, I put a poll out earlier this week, and it was a 24-hour poll. And I really didn't feel like covering AEW, but AEW won the poll. So I made a compromise, and I didn't watch Impact, which I should have because I heard Ospreay and Bailey was amazing, yeah. as were some other matches. I also Ooh, heard... Uh, Impact is... Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I also... I think you were trying to... this that's what you were trying to say, but starting January, uh, Impact is transitioning back to TNA. So uh, I don't know how i feel about that but you know that's it's
0: weird they're transitioning back to tits and ass
1: yeah pretty much
0: yeah yeah i'm not gonna say anymore because somebody will be offended even though i don't mean anything yeah um so anyways um and i didn't talk about gcw even though in the hills Two or three was fantastic. I decided I would talk about New Japan and AEW. AEW. Or that we would. So, AEW, um, some interesting things happened this week. Some very good matches happened this week. Sid, I'm going to ask you a question right off the jump. Okay. How do you feel about the Don Callis family?
1: I love to hate the Don Callis family. That's that's the best way I can put it. Cause Don Callis. Second
0: question. Okay, hold on before okay. I before you fully answer that. Sure. Second question: Do you hate the Don Callis family, or do you only hate Don Callis? Uh,
1: I think I hate Don Callis's Don. I, I guess Don Callis, but more so. Don Callis poisoning the minds... In Fe poisoning the minds of other younger talent. Because he's ha- trying to get... Because they're, they're, they're his meal ticket. You know?
0: Right. There has been some questioning on social media. As to... Has Don Callis... Become... More important than the guys that surround him. Is the is is the angle turning from I'm going to elevate these people to it is about me. I feel like how do you feel about that? I feel
1: like it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that because you see Don Callis, you know, he is a very influential person in the pro wrestling business, you know. Whether even when he was Jackal or Cyrus, and then he was doing stuff for New Japan, and now for AEW, um, and Impact, and Impact. Sorry, and um, but so yeah, I mean Don Callis is a prominent figure, so he can elevate all these people now you can argue that oh but he elevated kenny omega but here's the thing kenny omega at that point was already a big name callus was at that point also just kind of attaching himself to kenny you know to again for kenny to be his meal ticket i keep using that word because that's what it's going on now that he's gotten rid of kenny he's got to find other people to 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 uh, basically do kenny's job um I feel like in kayfabe, yes, the dude is using these guys just to protect himself. But I think there is potential in, you know, using that that element of Don Cal has just got these guys to, you know, make himself, you know, stay feel safe, and use that to elevate these stars. So there's potential there, but right now yeah it does look like don callus is recruiting all these people with dare i say it false promises of you know superstardom and using them to just be you know his henchmen so
0: i mean i mean we'll... i don't know yeah. how i feel about the angle because when it started it seemed like the importance was placed on Takeshta. I'm next to Takeshta. He's going to be my new Kenny Omega. He's going to be my alpha. He's going to take out Kenny Omega. He's going to ruin Kota Ibushi. And I'm going to propel this guy. Then the Jericho stuff happened and Sammy Guevara. Sammy to turn. And that, that made sense. That made a lot of sense. Yeah then Hobbs comes in as like the mercenary big guy and i'm like okay you know this is this is still something i could enjoy but i do feel like at this point in time the prominence that was placed on Konosuke Takeshita has died down and i don't like that mm-hmm. I, I i i was very very into uh, Takeshita taking takes to, yeah. a main role on the shows. And now it seems like Don Callis is in the main role. Even though we got to hear Bob speak uh, this week as to why he enjoyed hurting Chris Jericho, which was hilarious. It's weird, but the, I don't know. The, but the story he gave sounds fucking real. Like he he probably went to see him when he was a heel and he was probably, you know what I mean? Even if it didn't happen, I could see that happening. Um, I just, yeah, the, 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 there has definitely been a, a change in my perception of the Don Callis family. And I, I hope, I hope that things turn around like there. It's not bad at all. No. I think it's good. I think it's going to be good for these three guys. But um, Takeshda, obviously, like when you put Takeshda next to Sammy and Hobbs, Takeshda needs the most help because he's foreign, number one. Placed against Hobbs and Guevara, in my opinion. Takeshita has the most upside. Will Hobbs has been given prominent positions in different stables. Uh, He's been given prominent matches. He's been able to speak. I think there's a ceiling for Will Hobbs. Sammy Guevara has potential to become more than what he is. Yeah but i think the most potential is in tikesh and i think Takeshta needs someone like Callis who realize that potential and we were starting to see it like at wembley and at um at full gear
1: wrestle
0: dream oh yeah wrestle dream yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we were starting full
1: to gear, see it all out yeah
0: and all no, out. I don't think they wrestled it all out.
1: Was didn't Did Kenny they? Kenny versus Takeshita? Wasn't it like a singles match?
0: Was it all out, or was it Wrestle Dream?
1: Wrestle Dream was the six man with uh, Takeshita, Guevara, and I think Osprey versus Kenny Jericho well, yeah, and Yeah, uh, no, you're, right, you're right.
0: You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um. So yeah. Um. Another hot hot storyline out of AEW this week has been the has been a lot uh it's all intertwined somehow. Um Sting announced his retirement will be at Revolution 2024. Mm-hmm. Um Nick Wayne had an interview with Jim Ross and his mother that turned into Darby Allen
1: just beating the shit out of Christian
0: him. and breaking his tooth and then and Christian saying <laughs> Christian said to the mother you should have called, which was hilarious. Uh Nick Wayne showing uh that Dominic Mysterio side of himself, I guess. Uh which I like. I yeah. like that because because the man is only 18 years old. So this kind of storyline fits for him. Mm-hmm. Um, we Look, an identity a crisis
1: kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, we got a rebuttal from Edge or Adam Copeland yeah. with Renee, where he said, "I just wanted to be with Christian. I didn't. I don't want to take his TNT title. I. I didn't come here to steal a spotlight from him. I want to end my career with him. And Christian, if it wasn't for me."
1: He'd be Bush, working an IT job. Over so
0: many instances. Yeah, and over so many instances. And he 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 said that. So like there's all this stuff happening with yeah. Christian's group and other people. Um yeah, so a lot going on there. Um he but Adam did say Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus is gonna leave him high and dry, and I'll be there to pick him up. Mm-hmm. So, my question uh, now,
1: my question now is, who's gonna be uh, Nick Wayne's mommy? <laughs> he doesn't need a mommy. He was looking know, for a daddy. So he's got a daddy now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying, if we're gonna if we're gonna make comparisons to Dominic Mysterio, I'm just saying, who's gonna be his mommy? Right. So, right. But <laughs> yeah, I think that one was that was definitely uh, a very interesting story. Uh, they, they continued it saying that Tony Khan apparently has a gift for Sting this Wednesday, and Darby's like, if I if I if it's what I think it is, then Nick Wayne, you're in trouble or something along those lines. Yeah, so. he, he was
0: kind of like, I'm definitely going to be there if it's what I think it is. Yeah, and if you guys are in the building watch out, or something like that. Um, I, uh, I'll i tell you. Eddie Kingston is the best pro wrestler right now with a mic in his hand. Oh, yeah. His backstage conversation with uh, Stokely and Jeff Jarrett's crew, he didn't even need to say much. He, he didn't say much but he said enough and he emoted enough and then after the match with Jeff Jarrett and he had a backstage promo against Jay Lethal oh my fucking god social media was on fire saying the exact same things that I'm saying right now he referred to Jay Lethal by his government name (laughs) he called him jamar right and he was like i used to respect you i don't respect you anymore because you're hanging out with this carny piece of shit and whenever we do wrestle for my title i really hope your beautiful parents aren't there i hope your beautiful mother's not there because i'm gonna beat your ass and she's gonna cry but she's not gonna cry because your ass is getting beat she's gonna cry because she knows you deserve it and like I was just like, oh, my dude. God, dude, this guy. But the way he says it and the way he moves in the. Ca-
1: yeah, and his delivery. Yeah.
0: He'll know when to look in the camera, he'll know when to get up in the camera. The guy is fucking me, dude. And it's so good. So good to see. I'm so glad the man has two types of gold right now. Um, We got the hung bucks uh make a little promo on Rampage and say mm. that they have obligations to the ROH 6-man titles and they're going to defend them on Dynamite. And I immediately said, "You're going to defend them on Dynamite instead of fucking showing up at Ring, of Honor, Ring of Honor." So people fucking want to tune into it. Like what the what the fuck is this shit? I I don't
1: Yeah, I I don't. I'm,
0: I've I've had enough of the Ring of Honor shit on AEW. If you want people to buy Honor Club, have these motherfuckers doing the defenses there. I I don't get it. Does Tony have a plan that that we don't know about about a uh, future subscription service and then deleting ROH? Because if not, this doesn't make fucking sense.
1: Yeah, I don't get And it's it. annoying. It is annoying because it's like this is the ROH titles, not the AEW trios titles. But you know, I at this point, like I, I am a little, little exhausted with the hung bucks. I mean, I mean that's great. Hangman's back with his buddies. That's awesome. But I really think that after this title reign is over, whenever it is over and i hope it's soon i pray that for at least a year the elite don't go after any belts maybe with the exception of kenny omega that's because of the little because everything is like getting intertwined with the aew world title oh so
0: speaking of yeah before their fantastic match kenny omega and kyle fletcher Mm -hmm. mjf uh Went up to Kenny Omega and shook his hand, said he was a big fan, yeah. him, leaned in and said, 13 days, more bitch. Days, bitch. <laughs> and everybody didn't know what that meant. And what that was was him surpassing Kenny Omega's AEW title reign. Um. Then there. Sky Blue.
1: Yeah. She got mist spit on her face.
0: A while ago. Yeah. And so did Willow. Mm-hmm. And Willow seems to have spiritually combated it off, while Sky Blue has been embracing it. Uh, we see this with the way that Sky Blue has treated Chris Statlander, how she has tried to make Willow more angry people. people. Uh, her match with Ruby on Rampage was very physical, and people pointed out that she's wearing Scooby-Doo gear, and That's funny, ha ha ha. Well, Scooby-Doo's main thing was there's not monsters, it's just people in a mask. So I think that's kind of what's being said here. Yeah. Also, big comeback on Collision. The House of Black returned, but most importantly, Malachi Black did. They interrupted the show three times. Malachi attacked Brian, Brian Danielson, um they or twice. I don't I don't remember. Um and then they got involved in the main event, which uh which was FTR against Ricky Starks and Big Bill, right?
1: I believe so, yeah.
0: Oh, fuck it was last night. Um and Malachi Malachi's eye is fixed. Hmm. So when he spit the mist on Julia and then Julia started spitting mist, did this de venomize Malachi? Did it did it say that the House of Black has spread enough to where he is full? I, I don't know, but there has to be some kind of connection there. Yeah. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm. I i do not know what's going on there, but yeah, that that's that's interesting. And um, I think the one that's the most interesting for me, and we were talking about it, is that they're finally doing the Santana and Ortiz feud. Um, yes, getting. I if mean,
0: there's one reason for anyone to watch Rampage in the past that. three weeks. It is the building of Santana and especially the Santana and Ortiz feud. They will have a match this upcoming Rampage, and I'm all fucking. What for they it. should do? The shit has been awesome.
1: I think what they need to do is just because I feel like this feud kind of warrants it. All of Rampage, it's only one hour. Just let this be the only match on Rampage. Let them fight for a whole fucking hour. Let them do any like I, I would even change it to a false count anywhere match. Let them go backstage and brawl. Let them go to the parking lot, whatever. Because this match, first of all, since these two are like, you know, grew up in the streets and shit, I mean, really lean into that, I feel. So
0: I think, yeah, uh, off of what you're saying, uh, we had a conversation earlier this week and you said I they're having a blow off match, but it shouldn't Right. be it isn't maybe it's just one of many. And if that's the case, instead of making Rampage just this match, you could have it start in the back, never make it to the ring, and the whole time while other shit's going on, you can cut to where they are and see what they're doing, and then end the show in the ring with them. I think that that would be worse would be pretty fucking better.
1: better. I mean not worse, better.
0: (laughs) That would be better. really feel sid tim you asshole
1: <laughs> no i think that that would be cooler too i think that makes more sense because in that way we can also push other talent and uh keep it more like that but the main focus oh i think both of us have the same idea the main focus for next week's rampage or this coming week's rampage should be this santana ortiz match So they need to make it feel more like a bigger deal. And frankly, I would, I want to move this to dynamite too. Like, well, actually, no, no, no. Keep it on rampage because dynamite already has a lot of shit going on as does collision. So yeah. Get
0: people invested in rampage. And this is one way you can do that. That is true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Another thing I noticed this week, um, even though we're still getting only one women's match per show, uh the women have been holding on great matches yeah. statlander versus willow was fantastic from battle of the belts sky and ruby really showed out hikaru shida and emi sakura was fantastic that was good. uh okay. the character work with tony storm i was been just about great. to mention that yes and <laughs> and uh i actually watched the fight version where it's not picture in picture Mm-hmm. And Same. the silent film that she did when he said, and I have a pearl necklace for you. And she goes, that how was, dare you? That was hilarious. He goes, he goes I met the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> that. Another yeah. thing. Yeah. I liked was the dissension between Daniel Garcia and daddy magic and how Anna Jay, uh becomes the tough mother of every group she's in. She was that way with Dark Order, and she is that way with this group. Um, another another thing that I really liked was the interaction between Ruby Soho and Angelo Parker. And I wasn't the only one. Social media started saying things. And then it was revealed that they have been together behind the scenes. Oh, So I was like, oh, shit, I want to see more of this interaction because they had... They had chemistry together. Um, Yeah. uh, I want to... Brian Danielson one-on-one. But it's looking like they're going to do a Blood and Guts. Um, I know Blood and Guts already happened this year, but I have a feeling they're going to do it at Winter is Coming. Because you got Ricky, Big Bill, and the three guys from House of Black... And you got FDR, Brian Danielson, and they targeted somebody. Yeah, but Claudio and Wheeler, maybe. Well, Moxley got involved. Yeah, Moxley came back, so that was cool. But it's shaping up to be something big. But I do want to see Malachi and Brian Danielson at least before Danielson retires. Yeah, please.
1: Yeah. And then him and uh, uh, him and Adam Copeland will also be a good match, I think. At some point. Yeah.
0: Well, um, that's another thing. You got, you got, uh, you got Edge or Adam Copeland and Ricky and like. There's so many things going on. There's so many like these little feuds happening on Collision that are all kind of intertwined, and it's very fucking like it's almost like... Almost too much. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Puzzling. Confusing. But, um... Yeah. So, what's going on for next week? Next week we have Fighting Spirit Unleashed Mm -hmm. uh, from New, New Japan that will be happening in Las Vegas. And AW has announced a bunch of stuff, like Santana vs. Ortiz. Um, who is challenging the Hung Bucks for the title? Let's see. I do not know. Um,
1: of course, the Tony Khan's gift to Sting, That's they made it a big deal, so I'm talking about it here. I love how every time... Yeah. Do you remember when, like, Tony Khan, literally every week, it would be like, Tony Khan has a special announcement, like, every single week. And then it would be, like, I legit, one time, Tony Khan's special announcement was that he had a special announcement the next week at one point. I was like, dude. Didn't
0: I send you a meme that said, next week, Tony Khan recites the Gettysburg Address or whatever?
1: I think so. I think Uh, I saw that.
0: Dynamite. We have Renee sitting down and interviewing Chris Jericho. We have Tony Khan's gift for Sting on Dynamite. Uh, let's see. Social media. Do what I want you to.
1: Or we'll just Google it. And Rob bit. Van
0: Dam against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Oh, Broken handicap RBD match versus John Silver and oh, Alex Reynolds. RBD. Okay. Um. For the Dynamite Diamond Ring, MJF versus Juice Robinson. How did I forget to say yeah. okay. Juice Robinson won the Battle royal.
1: Okay, I got to say one more thing. Um. I love the feud between Jay White and, I guess, uh, also the Bang Bang Gang and uh, um, MJF. I'm just not a fan, and this is any time, really. I don't know how you feel, Tim, but personally... I actually hate it when like the heel or the challenger steals the freaking champions title and parades around with it. I just don't like it, you know. I don't know why, but I just I'm just like, oh, come on, this, just stop doing that. Just stop,
0: you know. I didn't I like. It. I think it's made it interesting. I don't know. I mean,
1: maybe, but it just. I just don't like that. It's, maybe it's my well, OCD. I'm such a
0: Jay White fan, and I also like, like it was a good way JY- to get, yeah, I Jay know, White, but uh, more heat and more time on the microphone against MJF. Yeah. And it also made MJF more endearing to the crowd. Um,
1: yeah, and I hate. Got... I just want. I just. I don't. I don't know, man. Like I love it. Like I love the story, but. Just that whole trope of the challenger stealing the champion's title and parading around with it like it's theirs. It just, I just never cared much for well, it. I understand. I hated it when I the, hated
0: whenever evil, evil did it to Sonata. Yeah. I, actually, I don't I even know a point in time where I did like it.
1: I didn't. Right. I didn't even like it when uh when the late Brody Lee rest his rest his soul, but. I hated it when Brody Lee did it to John Moxley during, especially because it was also during the pandemic era, of wrestling. So, because like that, yeah, he did that. He had a they had a feud together, and uh, John Moxley got his title stolen by Brody Lee until he won the match. And it's like, oh, he won. He became the new champion, or no, he became like the still champion, but he's also the new champion. I don't know what's going on here, but you know, I don't just that trope has always kind of irritated me, so th- that's just me. But I get what you're saying, but for me, I'm just like, just there's, there's other ways to do it, I feel, but you know,
0: right? So, also announced for Dynamite, the women's championship is on the line when Ruby Soho faces Hikaru,
1: Hikaru Shida, yep. That's gonna be good.
0: Oh, the Hung Bucks are facing the Hardys and Brothers A. Oh That's right, why right. I forgot who they were facing because <laughs> it's three people who don't fucking matter. Brother. Sad. Very because they used to. Very sad. <laughs> right. Right. It's just We got Danielson and holy shit. Uh, I did hear about this. I didn't know it was true. I thought it was a custom. Um, <laughs> Brian Danielson and Claudio Castellini against Orange Cassidy and Kazuchika Okada. Oh, Jesus. will be on Dynamite.
1: On Dynamite? Yes. What the hell?
0: Yes. Holy shit. What the hell okay. in the... Damn.
1: All right. Yes. Tony Khan uh, bringing out the big guns. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> right So yeah. let's look at that Fighting Spirit Unleashed card Before we go okay, can... Spirit Unleashed Here we go right. la, la, la. So far we have um, Two dark matches Matt Vandegrift versus Buck Skinner I guess they're local to Vegas. Probably working FSW. We have Team Filthy of Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Danny Limelight, who is a Armbar Audio alumni. I guess yeah, right. Balian Aki, Titus Alexander, and Jacob Austin Young. Uh, Tom Lawler versus Gabe Kidd, which will be interesting. Lulivia. And Johnny Robbie versus Zeuxis and Stephanie Vacker. I've heard a lot about Stephanie Vacker from one of the, it was one of the New Japan fight shows. I didn't actually get to see it. I think she wrestled Mercedes. She was in that tournament, and uh, she mainly wrestles in Mexico. Uh, So I'll be definitely watching that match because I've heard great things. We have Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mystico, Atlantis, and Atlantis Jr. against Rocky Romero, Tiger Mask, Soberano Jr., and Adrian Quest.
1: So Atlantis and Atlantis Jr., are father and son. That's pretty cool.
0: uh, Yeah, I suppose. You you never know who puts on these masks. Uh, Julia versus Haiyan for the Strong Women's Championship. So we get Julia in the United States again, which is awesome. The strong open weight championship uh, is up for grabs when Kingston puts his title on in Lonare.
1: We AKA, have just
0: five guys of
1: cuz when I when I talked to you in chat aka I called him that bald fuck. So
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, that bald fuck cuz you couldn't remember his name. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Just five guys of Sonata and Yuya Yumara against Tetsu Naito and Hiromu Takahashi of LIJ. Gorillas of Destiny, Hikuleo, and El Fantasmo put their strong openweight tag team titles up against Alex Zane and Lance Archer, Dang. which is interesting. Yeah. Uh four way match to determine the number one contender to the strong openweight championship. Kojima versus Fred Rosser versus Jeff Cobb versus Alex Coughlin. and the uh, main event will be for the NEVER weight Title, Tomatonga against Shingo Takagi. That's a lot That's, to. Uh, it's a loaded card, man. You know, when you look, it, it reminds me of when you look at an AEW pay-per-view, and you're like, "Is this gonna, is this gonna deliver?" And then every time it does, there's a lot here that's kind of up in the air for me. You know, there's a few names on here I've never even heard of. There's names I've heard of, but never seen. Um, So this is exciting. I think the pairing of Alex Zane and Lance Archer will be something.
1: Yeah, that should be uh, interesting.
0: Two very, very different wrestlers. But then again, Sora's El Phantasmo and Hikaleo, so makes sense. True. Uh, Alright, then. Uh, so, we're excited for next week. Yep. Expect us to be back. Yeah. Uh, so, with that, wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one, and peace and love to all of you.
1: Bang! Bang.
0: Follow the buzzards. Run.